Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello everybody, this is Richard Harris and I just want to welcome you to the Truth and Liberty Livecast. It's going to be a great show tonight as we have on my good friend and our uh, longtime friend here, the ministry and board member, Bill Federer. Bill, it's so good to have you with us. Richard, great to be with you. Well, I'm going to give you a, a proper or a little bit of a proper introduction. I don't know if I can give you a really proper one because it would take about 30 minutes to do it. But <laughs> but I'm going to introduce you more properly in just a second. Before then, I want to share some information with all of our viewers. First of all, thank you to everybody for watching tonight. We are so glad that you're tuned in. Uh, you're going to learn something tonight. And, uh, you know, in America, I think that we uh, are in the state that we're in. A lot, of, a lot of the reason is because we've forgotten our history and we've forgotten our founding principles and there's hardly anybody that I know who's better equipped to help restore those principles and that history than Bill Federer. So it's going to be a great show tonight. Um, listen, if you're watching on um, Facebook or on social media, I just want to encourage you to jump over onto our website at truthandliberty.net and watch directly there as you'll have a better viewing experience there. And uh, also uh, on our website, uh, some new resources are up that I wanted to bring to your attention. The first one is My Faith Votes, My Voting Hub or Voter Hub. The voter hub that Jason Yates has developed there at My Faith Votes is just awesome. Everybody needs to know about it because you can check your registration, you can register, you can look at your ballot in advance and uh, get prepared to vote there. There's a link to, uh, to online voter guides and all kinds of other helpful information, how to find your elected official. So be sure to check that out. Also, um, you remember a few weeks ago when we uh, had Billy Epperhart and Chad Franson on and they talked about the Pro Values Index. Be sure to check that out on our resources page as that will help you decide how you can keep your money invested in companies that don't adhere to the entire woke agenda. Super important for us, church, to use our influence in that way. And then also um, a new link we've just sent out in our uh, in our emails is uh, uh, how to connect you with voter, uh, with election uh, judge and poll watcher information. So be sure to uh, check that out and you can also find that on our website. We need election judges and poll watchers, especially this go round, uh, so we can detect, uh, help detect and fight against potentially fraudulent ballots or even not fraudulent, just legally unqualified ballots. So um, guys, we've got some amazing events coming up here at the ministry, including this week, tomorrow, the Healing is Here conference begins here at Karis Bible College, and this is an incredible conference. We've, I checked online yesterday. We've got over 2,000 people already registered. It is uh, an amazing time. And, I, uh, you know, Carly Terrades is going to be ministering along with Andrew Womack, Richard Roberts, Roberts Oral Roberts' son, uh, Barry Bennett, uh, Greg Moore, Daniel Amstutz, uh, Audrey Mack, one of my favorite ministers uh, anywhere, uh, Butch and Julianne Hartman, and some other folks. 
folks. It's going to be a powerful time. And if you need healing or you have a loved one who needs healing in their body, or you just need your faith reinvigorated with respect to God's promises for healing, come to the Healing Is Here conference. Right after or the next event we have coming up right around the corner is the Truth and Liberty Conference. So this is an amazing time where we're going to come together and we're going to celebrate God's richness and His heritage and His goodness and His plans for America and talk about how we're going to move this nation forward from vision to victory. And what a powerful lineup of speakers we've got for you. Uh, everybody from Mario Marillo, Lauren Bobert, uh, Eric Metaxas, David Barton, Bill Federer, who's with us tonight, is going to be here. Lance Walnow, E.W. Jackson, and uh, Pastor Rob McCoy. I'm also going to have a word. And so it's going to be a powerful time. We are really looking forward to that. Last is the Minister's Conference in October, uh, first week of October. For any of you who are in the ministry and you need a time of refreshing and recharging and fellowship with others who understand what life is like as a full-time minister, please check that out. Andrew's been having this conference for 35 years. It is always one of the highlights of the year. Hey, are you a subscriber to Truth and Liberty? If you're not, I promise you you're missing out. I know we all get tons of emails in our inbox and everything else, but this is one email that everybody, I believe, needs because I intentionally focus these emails emails on getting you what you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So go on our website to subscribe, click subscribe, share your email with us, and you'll start receiving our blog posts and helpful information. Uh, they're going to equip you. And if you, when you do, you, you'll uh, become eligible to receive a free product in the mail. Every week we give away one of Andrew's books, but this week uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit and give away Bill Federer's book. In fact, Bill's given us two books to give away, so we'll give two product giveaways. I want to mention the first one is a new book by Bill and his wife Susie that's called Believe. Uh, it's called an inspiring devotional of scriptures and quotations designed to help believers during these trying times uh, to stand by faith. So I haven't read this one yet, Bill. I'm looking forward to doing that. And then also Bill's book on socialism, the real history from Plato to the present. Guess what, guys? The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, and Bill can trace the history of socialism all the way back before Christ. It's a phenomenal uh, study that will enlighten you. You know, there's something called the spirit of Antichrist, and the Bible says that that spirit has been at work in the world even from the time of Jesus until now, and so that's a great read. Subscribe today and be eligible to receive those free books. Also, this is an interactive livecast, so be sure to post your questions and comments for us uh, on the live cat on our website just go to the chat function there and we'll do our very best to get to those and get those to bill federer and I want to ask you guys tonight, um, if you want to be a part of changing America, you want to be part of strengthening the body of Christ to stand for truth, would you prayerfully consider supporting truth and liberty financially? You can do that by becoming a member on our website. Just go to the donate page, sign up to make a recurring contribution automatic of $5 or more per month. That's all it takes to become a truth and liberty member. When you do, I'll send you in the mail a copy of the Declaration of Independence, the, the, one of the, the greatest political documents ever written and the Constitution of the United States, uh, as well as Andrew's own Declaration of Dependence Upon God and His Holy Bible. Free gift in the mail. Uh, all right, guys. Well, um, last thing I want to mention is if you need prayer tonight, call into Andrew's phone center with trained, spirit-filled uh, 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 ministers standing by to agree with you in prayer at 719 635 1111. All right, enough of that, all those announcements and everything, all that's great information. Let's get to Bill Federer. You guys, it's my honor and privilege to introduce Bill to you tonight. Bill is a self-made historian, and uh, he's a former pastor, but uh, he's an author. I don't even know how many books Bill 
Bill's written, it's well over 20. Um, he, he was catapulted to fame in, in the uh, Christian conservative movement. Was it back in the 1980s, I think, when he, he wrote uh, the encyclo encyclopedia, what's it called, Bill? Encyclopedia of uh, Founding Father Quotations or something like that. And it sold over half a million copies. And since then, he's just been an incredible resource to the body of Christ. He's appeared on almost every major news program that you can think of. He travels the country teaching and ministering in churches all the time, teaches in the practical government school. He's an absolute wealth of information on all kinds of history, and uh, including world history. And it's just a real privilege and honor for us to have you on the show tonight, Bill. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, Richard, it's an honor to be with you. And I do think there is an awakening taking place and people are hungry and young people are getting excited. Uh, I was recently in Phoenix and spoke to about 1,500 young people with Charlie Kirk, and he is mobilizing them. He's also putting together a Turning Point Academy to try to get this to the younger grades and um, been uh, asked to help put together curriculum on that. Uh, but one of the things I see happening is from a spiritual point of view is is the, the Lord is letting us be pushed to a decision-making moment. Yes. Um, and you know, we're the bride of Christ in every romance novel, Hallmark movie, builds up to this one point where there is a decision-making moment, a forsaking of all others and choosing the one. And I think the Lord is pushing the world so that every single one of us will be put in a position where we will have to forsake all others and choose the Lord or forsake the Lord and choose all others, choose mm -hmm. what uh, acceptance by man, acceptance by being liked and followed and friended and being afraid to be canceled. And, and so if you think you're going to get through this without having to make a stand, I, I don't think that's possible. I think the Lord is going to make it so that every single one of us is going to make a stand or we're going to choose wanting to be accepted by the group and end up uh, being like Peter, right? Peter was there with a group around a fire and some girl gets in his face and says, you are with Jesus. And he, he looks around the group and you can just imagine them all staring at Peter and him uh, saying, uh, I never met the guy. Mm. Yeah. And uh, now after the resurrection, Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he stands up to the Sanhedrin and they said, we told you not to speak in his name. And Peter said, it's better to obey God rather than men. Amen. So there's a change when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like, I don't care about the group. All I care about is what Jesus thinks about me. That's right. Holy and boldness. I think that's the position, that holy boldness. Yeah. Um, but that's sort of a, an intro. And uh, you had shared with me something before we went on the air, and I'd like to comment on it. But yeah. before then, uh, I think that the public needs to know what just happened there at Mar -Lar Largo. Yeah, well, I've, I don't have all the information yet, but I did see um, uh, a news release just before we went on the air that the FBI just raided the president's home at Mar-a-Lago, his personal residence there, uh, the president, the uh, President Donald Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago. And even according to Trump, they broke into his safe. Um, and the news reports indicate that this is supposedly part of the Justice Department's January 6th ongoing investigation as to, you know, what happened on that day. Um, and Bill, this is uh, to all freedom-loving Americans, to all lovers of the Republic and the rule of law, this ought to be a very uh, shocking and alarming development. What, what are your thoughts about this? 
Yeah, so the FBI, Department of Justice, did not go after Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's laptop and Hunter Biden and his father, the big guy, uh, doing under-the-table deals with China and Russia and the Ukraine. And um, the FBI sat on uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, using a private server. Um, and so it's clear that these federal departments have been politicized, which is a nice way of saying that they've been co-opted by one particular party. Now, whenever you see a government go after the former leader, that is a sign that your country has descended into a gang style of government. You've basically become a, a tyranny. And every third world country, whether it's you know, Mexico or some Latin American country or Egypt or um, the Middle East, whenever uh, a leader is pushed out of power, the new ruling gang goes after them to destroy them, to kill them and their family and their supporters. And um, Russia, this happens. And it's even in the Bible where you have a wicked king in Israel would kill all the family members of the previous king. And, and so uh, we are moving away from the uh, restrained republic of uh, different people respecting each other, even though you may not agree on their views, and we're descending to a, a gang style of government. And um, one of the tactics they use is called psychological projection. And it's very important that you understand this because this is what's being used against you every day. This is where Sigmund Freud coined the term psychological projection, where the attacker blames the victim, where those perpetrating the crime blame the crime on the victims of the crime, called blame shifting. Uh, little kids do it, where they'll say, I didn't start the fight, you did. Uh, wife beaters will beat the tar out of their wife and say, well, it's your fault because you provoked me. Cheating spouses will accuse the faithful spouse of being unfaithful. And Karl Marx says, accuse others of what you do. This is uh, coined by, by, again, Sigmund Freud, and um, it's where a person denies in themselves a negative quality, yet attributes that very quality to someone they don't like. And uh, this blame shifting, George Orwell called it doublespeak. But Joseph Goebbels was the propaganda minister in Nazi Germany. And he said, accuse the other side of what you are guilty of. And so uh, Jesse Smollett, right, in Chicago, uh, he orchestrated a hate crime against himself, but he wanted to blame innocent people for doing it. And he got caught. Uh, but this idea of committing a crime and blaming an innocent party for it, uh, this is, uh, in politics, it's called false flags. And it, just a little explanation of that. The term comes from pirates would raise a false flag of a friendly nation or a, saying they're in distress to lure an unsuspecting boat to get close. And when it got close enough, they would take down that flag and put up the pirate flag and they would chase the other one and they couldn't get away. And so the people would like freak out and surrender to these pirates and they would get robbed of all their possessions. And so this concept of uh, wanting to uh, be deceptive to get your opponent into fear so they give up. Um, now, one of the classic stories of a false flag was the King of Sweden, Gustav III, uh, back in 1788, wanted to declare war on Russia. And back then, Sweden was a big, uh, powerful country. Uh, his parliament would not approve the funding. 
So King Gustav of Sweden had the tailor of the Royal Swedish Opera sew Russian uniforms and had Swedish soldiers put on the Russian uniforms and attack a Swedish outpost. And the news picks it up that the Russians had attacked the Swedes and the parliament panics and quickly passes funding for Gustav's war with Russia. And then this also happened during World War II. It's called the Gleiwitz Incident. The Nazis wanted to invade Poland and world public opinion would have gone uh, against Germany for doing this. And so the Nazi soldiers put on Polish soldier uniforms and attacked a German outpost. And uh, the news picks it up and it says that the Poles attacked Germany. And this gave the Nazis justification to invade Poland and to take it over. Uh, this also happened with the Soviets in the Winter War with Finland. And so the Russians wanted to invade Finland, but the world opinion would not have approved that. And so the Soviet Russians mm -hmm. shelled one of their own border cities along the Russian border, but made it look like the Russians did it. Mm. And the news media picks it up. The Russians shelled a Finnish village, and that allowed the Soviets to invade Finland in the Winter War 1939. Bill, we just, uh, the, the country just got through um, sitting through, I, I would say watching, but I don't think anybody really watched it, but the, the uh, show trial on Capitol Hill for the January 6th event, you know, with the, the uh, so-called bipartisan committee, which wasn't really bipartisan, um, because the Republicans didn't get to choose who sat on that committee. They were handpicked by the Democrats and they were already those who had avowed disallegiance to Trump and all this. And so it was a total one-sided show um, that produced basically no evidence, zero evidence that Donald Trump was uh, instigated or part of the process of what turned out to be a, um, you know, the, the so-called breach of the Capitol. Uh, but now for that to be followed up by this, uh, is pretty alarming. Is there any uh, is there any example in U.S. history of uh, a new administration ever criminally investigating a former sitting president? Uh, no, no. Once they're out of office, they would leave them alone. Um, you did have uh, Andrew Johnson, right? Was a Democrat that faced impeachment, um, but um, once they're out of office, they were left alone. But this it's a third world tactic of wanting to destroy your former opponents. Um, you know, a couple other stories. Uh, 1955, Turkey had a, a fundamentalist leader named Menderes, and he did not like the Greeks that were left in Turkey. And so he plotted to have a Turkish university student plant bombs in a Turkish consulate and the bombs never went off. But the newspapers ran with the story anyway that the Greeks had bombed this consulate and the, uh, the fundamentalists surrounded the Greek neighborhoods in Istanbul and destroyed churches and museums and uh, schools and stores and drove the remaining Greeks out of Istanbul. Um, and another incident uh, is uh, Erdogan in Turkey. Um, there was a growing anti-Erdogan movement. And so Erdogan gets in an airplane, flies in a circle and lands and claims there was a coup against him. And he pulls out a list of all of his political opponents and has them arrested, zip tied, taken away with his version of a January 6th committee. 
and he is now ruling Turkey as a dictator. So this uh, concept is you you plot an attack against yourself so you can blame the innocent opponents. And um, another incident is Stalin, 1939, uh, 1934. Stalin had a growing anti-Stalinist movement, and he also had a popular supporter named Sergei Kirov. And Stalin had an idea. He would assassinate his own supporter, Sergei Kirov, and blame it on the anti-Stalinists. Nobody would suspect he did it because they were friends and everybody would believe the anti-Stalinists did it because they didn't like Stalin and they didn't like Sergei Kirov. Stalin used this to set up his version of a January 6th committee to do investigations, to make arrests, and to kill over a million people in the first great purge of 1936 to 38. And then we fast forward to Germany. It was a republic, the Weimar Republic, and uh, there was a party, the National Socialist Workers' Party, and the head of it was Hitler. And um, Hitler had a uh, group that did violence, sort of an Antifa BLM type group. They were called the Brown Shirts, and they would disrupt the meetings of his opponents, sort of like we saw the the 60 some odd cities that were burned by Antifa. They would do this violence. They would lock arms and block streets. And they would smash windows and set buildings on fire. But then there was an attack on the Capitol in Germany, the Reichstag the burning of the Reichstag. And evidence points to Hitler's own people setting the fire, but Hitler decided he was gonna have a January 6th committee. He was gonna do investigations. He was gonna have hearings and he rounds up all his political opponents and has them shot without a trial. Hmm. And when the dust settled, Hitler didn't have any political opponents left. And he switched Turkey from, excuse me, Germany from a republic to a dictatorship. And so this concept of staging things, uh, Saul Linsky, we're familiar with him. Hillary Clinton did her senior thesis at Wellesley College on Saul Alinsky. And uh, President Obama was an organizer with the Alinsky people in Chicago. Uh, there's a book called Let Them Call Me Rebel. And uh, in there, it quotes Saul Alinsky. It says, college students in the 1960s and 70s sought out Alinsky's advice for tactics. They were gonna go to Tulane University in 1972 and protest then George H.W. Bush, ambassador to the UN, who was defending Nixon's Vietnam War policies. And Alinsky said, don't go and protest, go there dressed as KKK members and act like your foe supporters of mm. George H.W. Bush. And mm. whenever he supports Nixon, stand up with placards and says the KKK supports Bush and supports Nixon. And the, uh, book goes on and says, and this is what the students did with very successful attention getting results. So the idea of infiltrating, infiltrating your opponent's rally, acting like your supporters, but then committing violence. And so that's what happened on January 6th. Uh, everybody that was there knows it was families. They were singing God bless America, but it was infiltrated by FBI uh, associated groups and individuals like, like Ray Here's somebody on film the night before saying we have to break into the Capitol. Recently, one of the January 6th people said it was Ray Epps that recruited him to be a part of the group to break into the Capitol. And then the FBI left Ray Epps's name off the list. Oh, we're not going to go after him. It's like it, evidence points to him being a plant. And it looks very much like an entrapment. And so what's an entrapment? 
Mm, that's like the FBI plotting uh, to kidnap Governor Whitmer and getting a half a dozen low IQ people to go out for beers and smoke marijuana and then claim that they were plotting this uh, kidnapping attempt. And then when it comes to trial, the FBI was, was planned it, organized it, paid for all the meetings, and these were just uh, fools that were sucked into it. And the case was thrown out. And, and, and Bill, so we, the, the, it was in the news last week that the FBI agent in charge of that of the investigation of that whole thing is now the director of the FBI's Washington D.C. bureau. Am I right about that? Did you see that news? Um, I, I saw subject lines and headlines, but I don't know details of it. Yeah. But um, there is uh, articles that came out that 20 federal assets were embedded in the crowd on January 6th, and the, there are the people that witnessed. People going into the bushes and changing clothes and putting on Trump outfits and then coming out of the bushes saying, we got to break into the Capitol. Hmm. And um, and then you have um, these magnetic doors on the Capitol. They're called Columbus doors. They are very heavy bulletproof doors with magnets that you can only open from the inside. Mm -hmm. Somebody had to buzz to let people in. And even uh, Greg Kelly on Newsmax showed videos of policemen in front of the Capitol waving people to go into the Capitol on January 6th. And Greg said, Greg Kelly says, I want to know that policeman's name. Yeah. Why aren't they being? And then uh, Greg Kelly, we're all familiar with the footage of Ashley Babbitt being shot. Well, Greg Kelly okay. showed the 15 seconds before that where there were three policemen standing in front of the door that was being barricaded. And all of a sudden, they just turn and walk away. And then 15 seconds later, Ashley Babbitt shot. It's like, and, and Greg Kelly says, what, did somebody say coffee break? And they all just left? And we've all seen videos of the, the Capitol Police standing there waving people through the hallways and the people taking pictures with their cell phones. It, it looks very much like this was an entrapment that was planned from the inside. And people like Pence, McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, they were offered security. It was turned down. And um, so a lot of questions need to be answered, but the investigation needs to be on the inside, not against Trump and his supporters. Well, Bill, uh, there's something else that's pretty troubling to freedom-loving people that was in the news this week. Um, and, I, uh, and that is the um, arming, if you will. Now, there's two aspects to this. Number one is the arming of the IRS. Uh, as the IRS just bought uh, a massive amount of, uh, of ammunition uh, and then also in the, the new bill that just got uh, passed by the Senate, which undoubtedly will pass the House, uh, they have appropriated an incredible amount of money for the hiring, doubling, I think, of the number of IRS agents in the United States. What are your thoughts about these developments? And correct my facts if I'm wrong on this at all, but what is going on here? Yeah, so when you uh, look at history, there's always a... Uh, a purging of the old guard and an empowering of the new guard. Um, and just to give a little history background, um, Diocletian, the Roman emperor, around 280 AD, lost some battles with Persia, and he asked his generals why, and the general said, you've neglected having the military worship the Roman gods. And so Diocletian says, okay, military, get back to worshiping the Roman gods. Well, this is 280 AD, and there's a lot of Christians in the military because the previous Roman emperor had been lax 
but they could not return to worshiping the Roman gods, so they were purged out of the military. Once all the Christians were purged out of the military, Diocletian decided to use the military to force the entire Roman Empire to return to worshiping the Roman gods. And he sent his military out. They went province by province, city by city, arresting pastors, tearing down churches, cutting out their tongues, burning them alive, going after believers. And this went on for a decade um, until Constantine uh, was the emperor. And you look at Lenin had all the uh, czarist Russian generals sit on their hands while Lenin had Tsar Nicholas put on a train to Siberia. And then he calls all these old guard generals to St. Petersburg, and they show up thinking they're going to be put in charge of Russia. Lenin has them all machine gunned, and then he puts all of his Bolshevik people in the military, and they use the military to enforce this socialist takeover of Russia. And then we see the, the Weimar Republic, and you had a lot of generals that were faithful to the fatherland, and um, they were uh, accused of sexual improprieties and, and for their own honor, they would resign. And then the other ones would be called up on charges and other ones would be uh, accused of not being woke enough or whatever, and they were kicked out. Once all the old guard was out of the German military, Hitler filled it and armed it with his brown shirts and with his uh, supporters and turned the military into an enforcement arm of his socialist takeover of not just Germany, but all of Europe. Uh, Stalin did the same thing. Chinese did the same thing. This is a tactic. So whenever you see uh, a purging of the military, that's why recently I uh, said that I was at, with Charlie Kirk at a Freedom Night event in Phoenix. And he says, well, what's the most dangerous, serious thing facing America right now? I said, it's critical race theory in the military. I was in Boston and uh, a family, uh, their daughter had been at West Point, a cadet. And they locked all the cadets in a room and says, you're not coming out of here until you agree with the critical race theory and all this stuff. And um, and there was a girl and a roommate, and she was white, and her roommate was black. And they finally said, we can't go along with this. And they were kicked out of West Point. There literally is a purging of anybody that holds old values. And the question is, why are they doing it? Did they just Are they doing it just for fun? No. You purge the military of the old guard before you're about to use the new military to enforce their political agenda. So tyrants have two tools in their toolbox, fraud and force. Fraud is they'll take away your rights and you will let them as long as you believe they're fraud. But when you begin to see through their fraud and they drop in the popularity polls, they realize that the only other tool in their toolbox is, is force. Right, so they take off the mask and they come out and they they purge the military of anybody that's not loyal to them, and then they begin a pushing their agenda at the end of a gun. Well, Bill, it's why us to think why the IRS? What the, what possible use could the IRS have of seven hundred and fifty thousand rounds of ammunition or whatever the number was? I think it was something around along those lines. Why do IRS agents need ammunition? At all? Well, we'll see. See, you're, you're you're asking a logical question. <laughs> they don't. Uh, but this is a branch of the government that they can 
uh, militarized under the radar. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, I was even uh, remembering China. Uh, the, the first emperor that unified China uh, was Qinxi Huangdi at uh, around third century BC. So he dies, his son takes over, and there is a uh, chancellor and a eunuch named Zhao Gao, and they wanted to do a coup against the son. And uh, they wanted to know who was on their side and who wasn't. And so Zhao Gao brings a deer into the royal court and says, Emperor, I want to show you my new horse. And the emperor says, uh, that's not a horse, that's a deer. And some of the emperor's um, you know, cabinet said, that's not a horse, that's a deer. But some of the other people there said, well, we think it, it, it might be a horse. And so suddenly Zhao Gao knows who's loyal to the emperor and who's loyal to him. Hmm. And so one by one, they poison, they assassinate, they kill off all the old cabinet that's loyal to the emperor. And all that's left is those that said that the deer was a horse loyal to Zhao Gao, and he did his coup. And so when, when again, when you see a purging of the military, you're seeing the country transition from the fraud tactic where they lie to you to take away your freedoms, and it's a transition to the force tactic where they just flat out, they realize they can't fool you anymore. Their, their next, the only other alternative is for them to just push their agenda militarily. So it's a dangerous situation. And I think we're at a critical point I think if we don't turn it in this next election to put some brakes on this, it's going to be very dangerous. Um, I think the rhinos that are protecting the voter fraud um, are the, the real enemies. Um, and uh, that's why uh, we need to pray and act. I think that we need to pray for um, former President Donald Trump uh, because of the way he's being treated. And we need to pray for all those people that are still in jail. We are a country that we have it in our constitution, a speedy trial. Uh, you, you, you get accused, you have the trial. You don't keep somebody in prison for a year without charging them with anything. And then go on fishing expeditions to try to, to scrape up things. And so this is a psychological projection. Those who are guilty of treason are trying to find somebody else to blame for treason. Well, Bill, you, right? you mentioned um, before the show to, that the uh, the Democrats are trying to make the IRS, and I'm reading from my notes here, larger than the Pentagon, State Department, FBI, and Border Patrol combined. What are you, what are you basing that on, and what, why are you saying that? Yeah, so, um, you know, Al Capone was uh, captured by, uh, not for killing people, but for evading income tax, right? So there's a, tr there's a, a uh, a track record of using the IRS to, um, in, in that case, it was to go after a criminal. Um, but now you look at who the government says are the most dangerous people in America, and it's anybody that's pro-life, it's anybody that's patriotic, that anybody that believes in God, that anybody that believes in any traditional values, we now have people in power saying that the biggest enemy in America are, are basically Christians mm -hmm. and, 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 and people that are pro-life and so forth. So, so that's dangerous. It's, it's gone from uh, some university cases of people that are a little bit crazy, but now once it's in the enforcement arm of the government, that's when 
Um, it's naive of us to think that the same people who are pushing their agenda through schools, through court cases, through Hollywood, through media, through everything imaginable, it's naive of us to think they will not be tempted to push their agenda through military force. Uh, so, Bill, just shifting gears here a little bit, um, um, the some th this information is kind of alarming, and it's. Uh, I'm just wondering, do you have hope for our viewers? What what hope can you offer? What how do we need to be responding to this? Is it is it time to head for the hills, you know, or is it or is it just a, a wake up call that more than ever before? Every single believer in Christ needs to be voting today, needs to be voting in these elections according to biblical values. Anybody who sits at home and doesn't vote or who votes for Democrats because they're afraid they won't get their hand out, uh, you know, uh, what, what's the message for the church right now in this hour? Uh, it's local, local, local. Um, you know, all liberty is individual and all repentance is individual. It's not looking for a change out there it's looking for a change in your own heart and i think again that the good lord is pushing us to the place where every single person if you think you can keep your head down and pass through this without having to take a stand you're wrong it's going to permeate it's the the lord you know when a cell divides some stuff in the cell goes to the right and some stuff in the cell goes to the left uh, there's there's not some leftover stuff in the middle that that hangs there. Uh, there's a dividing point, and I think like like this, this you know the, the word of God is like a, a sword cutting to between you know the bone and marrow, the discerner between the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I think the Lord is is having there be uh, the world facing a situation where everyone is going to choose sides. Mm -hmm. And um, and this is just our our part. So so look, I do want to throw in one quote, quote since I love history. Uh, Daily Caller had a quote from Victor Davis Hanson, mm -hmm. and he did an opinion piece on what the January 6th committee might have been. But he says in there, why did the committee not investigate whether large numbers of FBI agents and informants informants were ubiquitous among the crowd? So here it is on record that there were FBI agents there. And Victor Davis Hanson is asking, why isn't the January 6th committee looking into this? The fact that they are not questioning the FBI and everybody knows the FBI had people in there makes the suspicion that they were a part of planning it seem more credible. And so this is Victor Davis Hanson asking these questions. But as far as uh, the answer goes, it's it's local, local, local. Um, you uh, see, and, and this is uh, one of the things that, that uh, has come alive to me from Scripture in the last several months. It's Numbers chapter 30, and I may have mentioned it before, but if not, it's worth repeating. Numbers chapter 30. I mean, who reads that chapter? Uh, but it's the one that talks about silence equals consent. Hmm. It gives a half a dozen scenarios where silence equals consent, and one of them, is if a daughter is in her father's house and she binds herself with a vow and in the day the father hears it, if he is silent, her vows stand. She's bound by the vows. But if in the day the father hears it, he disallows the vows, she is released from the vows and the Lord forgives her. Now this silence equals consent has come down to us in the wedding ceremonies. 
if there are vows in a wedding ceremony, the pastor says to the church, if you are silent, you're giving consent. Anybody that's here that's against these vows, speak now or forever hold your peace. And so the fact that silence equals consent, if the church member's silence gives consent to wedding vows, if the church members are silent when there's sin in the community, when they're killing babies nearby, when they're teaching the LGBTQ agenda in the schools, if the church members know about it and they're silent, their silence is giving consent to that the same way their silence is giving consent in a wedding. And if you give consent to sin, you're guilty of the sin and you'll be judged for committing the sin. And so their tactic is to guilt trip Christians into being more Christian than Christ. <laughs> well, if you're a Christian, you'll let them teach this LGBTQ agenda in the public schools. Right. Well, question, would Jesus teach that? No. Jesus taught in the beginning, God made them male and female. And the man shall leave the father, mother, cleave to his wife, the two shall become one. So they're trying to tell you that if you're really Christian, you'll let them teach something that Jesus would never teach. So if you're really Christian, you won't act like Christ. Yet Jesus says, if you are silent and allow one of these little ones that believes in me to stumble, it's better that a millstone be put around your neck and you be thrown in the depths of the sea. Well, so all these people that think they're being more spiritual by being silent and not getting involved in what's going on in the community, their silence is giving consent to the sin, and they're going to be judged as if they committed the sin. So they think they're being more super spiritual when actually they're inviting the judgment of God upon their heads. Well, Bill, you're—I've uh, heard you say before that you um, uh, you fell in love with history. Uh, when you and your dad would travel around and you'd always stop at the roadside markers and read the stories on these historical sites and stuff like that. And um, you're kind of a self-made historian. I'm, I'm curious uh, if you have any thoughts or any recommendations for Christian parents especially, but any patriotic parents out there who have kids in our schools today. Um, uh, you know, as we see what's being taught, our, our history textbooks have been transformed into anti-American propaganda, LGBT propaganda, all kinds of stuff like this. It's just um, uh, our history is lost. The average student today in American schools has no idea what the Declaration of Independence really is, what it stands for, um, and, and the principles that the nation was founded on, not to mention the Christian heritage of our country. What are your, what's your advice for parents out there today about how they can get their kids educated properly when it comes to American history? Well, uh, thanks for asking that, um, Richard. Um, I did put together a, a book and a DVD called Who is the King in America? Mm -hmm. And it traces that, uh, in, in answering your question, it traces how the most common form of government in world history is kings and they keep getting bigger till the king of England is the biggest. And kings have subjects who are subjected to the king's will. And the king of England was like a globalist. He was a one world government guy with him at the top. He had India, Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Kong British Guyana, Canada, Barbados, Bermuda, Jamaica, and America. And America's honors broke away and flipped it and made the people the king. So republics, the citizens are king. The word citizen is Greek. It means co-king, co-ruler, co-sovereign. So. If there's one message that I want to get out is that in America, you are the king. You that are watching this right now, you're the king. And the politicians are your servants. You hire them, you fire them. You vote them in, you vote them out. 
and you have two type of kings. One, they're asleep. And I love the movie, The Lord of the Rings. Mm. And there's a scene in The Lord of the Rings where there is a King Theodon and he has a spell cast on him. And he's old and decrepit and, and gray hair and cataracts and cr cr crunched up in his throne. And there's this counselor whispering in his ear named Wormtongue. And he's staying, saying, stay asleep, don't wake up. Yeah, your kingdom's being overrun, but just wait a little longer and it's all gonna be over. <laughs> And then there's another counselor to the king named Gandalf, and he like comes in and casts the devil out of the king. And they do these special effects where he goes from, you know, long gray hair to short brown hair, and his beard goes from gray to brown, and, and his eyes get clear, and he looks around the room and he says, Dark have been my dreams of late. It's like, yeah, you've been out of it with this devil, with this teaching from these people that say, Don't get involved. And, um, and Gandalf says, Maybe you'll remember your strength if you take your sword. Right, and the, the sword being the word of God. But this idea that um, it's time that we, the people, have the spell cast on it, taken away and wake up and realize that you're the king. Now, it's not just a blessing to be able to vote in America. You're going to be held accountable to God for what happens in America. Hmm. And so this, and I tell pastors, I said, okay, 65% um, of Americans identify themselves as Christian used to be 95% 30 years ago. It's been going in the wrong direction. But today, it's still 65% is a majority. And so if the people are the king and the majority of the people are Christian, then um, pastors are counselors to the king. And one set of pastors are woke. And they want to uh, tell everybody to stay asleep and don't get involved. And another set of pastors are throwing ice water on their congregation and saying, wake up. And so... Um, I was with uh, Charlie Curtis recently, and he said that he saw a video of Rick Warren, the Saddleback Church, years ago, I think around 2010 or 2008. He had a World Economic Forum, you right, Klaus Schwab and all these globalists, and him saying, well, you can't push your globalist agenda without the church. <laughs> and so that's when they began to put $200 million a year into funding the takeover of seminaries mm. and pushing and supporting ministers. So here you have these globalists coming and say, hey, we want to give millions of dollars to your ministry. We just want you to push this woke agenda. And they're like, well, okay. And they take the money. Before you know it, um, they're either pushing the woke agenda or they're getting, telling their people to be apathetic and don't get involved. And, and Charlie Kirk was addressing a bunch of pastors. He says, you're the counter to that. You're the ones that are going to get involved. You're the ones that are going to uh, stand up for biblical values. And you're the ones that are going to save this country. And there's a a very inspiring. And, and the fact that, I mean, Charlie Kirk's like 30 years old. You have a bunch of these young people that are not just willing to, to get in the fray, they're anxious to get in the fray. Hmm. And um, uh, and to me, that's that's what's encouraging. Yeah. And um, a, a remnant is emerging. Well, um, Bill, I have another question for you. This is also kind of comes out of current events, but there was a a lot of attention uh, last week on Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. And, uh, you know, uh, China threatened, uh, one guy threatened to shoot her plane down and some other stuff like this. And she basically flies in there, she stays there for a little while and then flies out. Um, can you give us some perspective on this? First off, tell us a little bit, uh, just as brief as you can, what is the deal between China and Taiwan? I'm not sure a lot of Americans today really understand what that's all about. And then uh, why did Nancy Pelosi do this? Yeah, some think that she did it 
to get attention off her husband doing inside trading. Right? That's the way it works. That you want to, whatever's being the number one thing talked about in the news cycle, you want to do whatever you can to knock it off the news. Remember Afghanistan? I mean, it was a big deal that we gave away $85 billion and surrendered 20 years worth of fighting and all our allies to the Taliban. And there were calls for Milley and for uh, Biden to be impeached. And so what did Biden do? Uh, a mask mandate. Instantly, everyone stopped talking about Afghanistan and talking about, we don't want to have to wear masks. And they knocked Afghanistan off the top of the news cycle. And so uh, the big thing with the Pelosi's was her husband's doing insider trading. He should be in jail. And, and, and then arrested when she went on her for visit, DUI. Yeah, he was yeah. arrested for DUI too, by the way. Yeah, go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. And so now when people bring up Pelosi, they're like, oh, the China visit. And so all of that other stuff with Pelosi is now forgotten. It's off the news cycle. But as far as Taiwan, so um, during World War II, uh, Imperial Japan invaded China. Uh, and you had 1939, the Chinese invaded. Uh, talk about the creating of an incident, uh, whether it was the uh, King Gustav or the Gleiwitz incident with the Nazis or the Soviets with the Winter War. In 1931, the Chinese let Japan build uh, a railroad over a stretch near the coast. And the Japanese claimed there was an explosion on this railroad near Mukden. And they used that as an excuse to say, the Chinese blew up our railroad, we're going to invade. And they killed 300,000 Chinese in Nanking, China. Later, they did an investigation and they walked the whole railroad tracks and there was no explosion. They even made up their version of a January 6th thing, but they used it as an excuse to go in and kill all their enemies. Now, the leader of China was Chiang Kai-shek, and he was getting these Chinese together with the Republic of China to push out the Japanese. And in the confusion of the fighting, you had another guy start, Mao Zedong, and his People's Republic of China, and he starts fighting Chiang Kai-shek. And so now you have Chiang Kai-shek fighting the Japanese, Imperial Japanese and fighting Mao Zedong. And uh, Harry S. Truman uh, stays out of the fray. And he wants to let the United Nations that he helped form uh, be the one to make these decisions. And so um, Chiang Kai-shek converts to Methodist Christianity. And he uh, is willing to let all of China become Christian. He's willing to let all the Americans send all the missionaries over there we want. But we don't. And we let Mao Zedong chase Chiang Kai-shek and his uh, people, his Republic of China army to the coast. And then they leave the coast and they go to a little island called Formosa or Taiwan. And it was for years called Free China. And Mao Zedong gets control of mainland China with his People's Republic. And he decides to do a cultural revolution, not just a revolution. He wants to destroy the Chinese culture. And so he destroys the oldest Buddhist temple in China. He destroys the great gates of Beijing. They bring anybody who is trained in Western thought, doctors, lawyers, teachers, they bring them into the public square and they shame them. And they get these young Antifa BLM type crazies to 
to cut them and bleed them and kill them. And the more blood these kids got on their clothes, they were like the, the rioters in downtown, you know, Portland. I mean, they were like just this frenzy. And, um, and then um, Mao Zedong takes and develops something called the continuous revolution theory. So instead of doing a revolution to take over the country, you continue to have crises after crises. So you'd have a, a, a crisis and take all the land away from the wealthy farmers. And then you have another crisis and you take the land away from the middle class farmers. Then you have another crisis and you take the land away from the poor farmers. So pretty soon the government owns all the land in China. You just continually have a planned crisis after another planned pandemic, another planned crisis, so that people will give up more, they'll get into fear, give up more and more of their freedoms until you get this totalitarian, completely gang-style government in China. So um, the Americans were supporting free China. And then Bill Clinton allowed mainland China to uh, get the most favored trade most favored nation trade status. So the first world countries would have to comply with all these rules and laws, you know, the climate change stuff, uh, for example, that, that type of thing. Uh, but the, the third world countries did not have to comply with all those rules because uh, they needed extra favor to be able to rise out of their third world status. And, uh, and China has kept that third world status, even though they're now edging on, on being the most powerful in the world with their military. And I just recently read where our U.S. government spent 15 years and millions of our taxpayer dollars uh, in the Washington State, Seattle area, uh, developing um, a type of battery that's a, like 100 times more effective than our current batteries. It's called a, a Vandium battery. It's a, a that can, mm -hmm. retains right. the electrical charge. I mean, it's like a revolutionary battery technology. And before we could get production of it happening in America, our government uh, under Obama and, and Biden let all that technology be transferred to, guess who? China. Yeah. And now they're developing it all. This is cutting edge battery technology that we've recently had. And, and so China, the way they work is they go to countries and buy the political leaders to let them come in and get control of all the mining. Um, they're building a, uh, a China Silk Road, so to speak. They're building a highway from China over to Europe. Uh, there is a biblical prophecy of you know being able to transport 200 million soldiers, but, but they go to all these little countries uh, across Central Asia, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Turkestan, you know, to Nepal and everything, and they come in, they bribe the leaders. And if the, if the leaders don't give into the bribes, they, they plot and kill leaders. And so it's called the bribe or the bullet. And, um, uh, and then they do this all around the world with the deep port areas. So China has control of the Panama Canal and the Dardanelles and a big, they go to uh, Bahamas and they say, we're gonna build a stadium for you. We're gonna build all this deep port, but we're gonna control it. And then they go into Africa. Do you know, I actually talked to military people that says when we pulled the last planes out of Afghanistan, Chinese planes landed in Afghanistan. Yeah. Why? Because they have these rare earth minerals so that they can make batteries. So China I is- I mean, uh... here under Biden, we basically gave Afghanistan and all this rare earth for batteries to China. China is, um, it used to be called red China, right? And, and Taiwan, like you say, was called free China. 
Um, but it is a communist uh, dictatorship bent on world domination. If uh, and would you agree with that? Real quickly, we've only got a minute and a half left just to to close the gap on that. You're right. Um, and then one other piece of the puzzle is the uh, asset management companies, BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard. Um, they now control trillions of our retirement dollars, and people don't go to Exxon meetings, so they check the proxy box. So BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard show up at the Exxon, show up at all these at meetings with the proxy votes, yep. and they take over the boards of all these corporations, and they're all pro-China. Wow. And they're and all pro-woke. Yeah, and so... Um, so we see Bill a coming together of globalist financial with globalist communist. So the globalist uh, financial and the communists have melded together. Well, Bill... Um, well, it's we a time that we wake up and pray. Yeah, we've, we're down to less than a minute tonight. I, we could keep going on for uh, all night long about this. I didn't even barely scratch the surface of my notes. Um, but I want to encourage everybody out there to sign up to get Bill's uh, daily email. It's called the American Minute. Just go on his website and sign up there, and uh, you can begin to learn these incredible truths about history that, uh, that Bill's sharing with you. And then also, guys, don't be discouraged. God's not done with America. We have entered the third great awakening, and I believe that God has a plan, and He's carrying it out. And uh, we just need to be faithful, pray, and believe, and the Lord's going to turn it all around. I want to say thank you tonight to the CTN Network for rebroadcasting our program. You can check out their, their uh, sites where they carry us on our website at truthandliberty.net. And also uh, be sure to tune in next week for our program uh, as we are going to have a great show next week as well with Bishop E.W. Jackson. So that's all for tonight, guys. God bless you. Good night, and we'll see you next time. God will come through. Miracles are waiting for you, but not if you stay in the boat. It is vital for the church to be the salt of the earth and have the God-intended righteous influence on our culture and community. Faith doesn't give you the whole picture. God doesn't tell you every step along the way. He says, trust me. Is the finish line how much stuff you can accumulate before you die and leave it all behind? Or is the finish line standing before God? We must rebuild the United States of America, this constitutional republic under God. The time is now. We cannot wait any longer. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net.